In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our passages today are all uh, very good, very good passages. Unlike um, lots of times where where they all could could meld and and uh, form a nice, easy, coherent sermon. These are these are ones if we were actually going to give them due diligence, they'd be they'd be all teachings more than more than fifteen minute sermons. Especially Corinthians, certainly, certainly some of some of uh, the call to Moses bears bears looking at in depth, and even this passage with with Jesus uh, coming. So we'll we'll try to do our best and, and hit them hit them as well as we can. Uh, we begin begin with the gospel lesson. Of Jesus teaching and and as we talked about last week we're going backwards a little bit where we were in we we're at the end of Luke 13 last week now we start back at the beginning of Luke 13 and as Jesus is teaching some came up to him and said telling him about a story like did you hear what Pilate did by, by mingling the sacrifices that the Galileans were making in the temple with their own, their own blood. Obviously, this was, this was a, a count that happened uh, recently. We don't really hear about it anyplace else. But um, a way to get, to get Jesus all worked up, right? The expected response is that Pilate, Right? The expected response is anger at, at someone who, who uh, would be so callous as to slaughter those who were um, in the midst of worship and, and really get, get everything hyped up. Basically, sort of like our everyday news today, which seems to be all, all put out there to get you all worked up um, about the horrors that happen in the world. But, but really, this is what Jesus' response is, is more to their, their time, which is in, in their time, um, that things that bad things that happen, happen to those who aren't really living holy lives anyway. Sort of like, sort of deserve it, probably. Um, and Jesus is, is encountering, you know, so he's, he's actually dealing with two things at once. One... This, this horrible act of, that Pilate did and not reacting to, to sort of the, the knee-jerk reaction of, of, of anger and feeding into this, let's, let's rise up against Rome, which of course is the other thing that they all want the Messiah to do. Um, they want a leader to deliver them from Roman oppression. This is always an undercurrent everywhere through the whole, through the whole Gospels, right? But the second thing is, the other thing that, that happens is um, things, things that are, are bad things happen to bad people, basically. You remember the, the man who was born blind um, in John's Gospel, as, as the disciples walked by him, they said, Teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? And in other words, obviously something had to happen to him. 
You know, some, somebody had to do something bad. Otherwise, God wouldn't do this. And so this is a popular, a popular theme. It's, we still have it a little bit in our culture today, but, but not as much. But it's still, it's still a thing, right? So you're like, well, you know, you deserved it um, type. I don't know. Like, why do you think that would happen to him? I don't know. I mean, what, what it usually happens is the other way around. Like, oh, that's such a terrible, terrible thing. You know, something, something bad. Well, you know, I don't know. I've always been a good person. I've given to, you know, I listen to the Jehovah Witnesses when they knock on my door and I give to the Cancer Society and I help little old ladies across the street. I don't know why this bad thing would happen to me. I'm, I generally try to live a good life, right? And Jesus is putting all those out. He said, you think they're worse? They're not. Remember that tower that just fell and 18 people died? Do you think those people were worse people than, than the other ones that didn't that survived? No. But I tell you, unless you repent, you're going to perish the same way. Just little bit unexpected you're just sitting there trying to get Jesus on your side worked up and he always has to turn this right around to, to me I'm just just one well I've just been sitting here oh we're talking about Pilate right now we're talking about Galileans we're talking about the horrors of of them being slaughtered while they're offering sacrifices why am I why am I in this now this is what Jesus does Unless you repent and perish. Unless you repent, you'll perish in the same way. That is, there's, there's a reality of, of, God's, of God's grace and love and blessing, but also judgment. We've talked about, verily as we've talked about at the Lenten Supper the last couple of weeks, probably here a little bit, We've talked about in the Lenten Suppers that, you know, God, God um, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Right. This is the reason that God came into the world to save sinners, to save us. God wants us to be redeemed. And, and the judgment that takes place is a judgment against sin. More so than a judgment on us. But we need to repent and turn away from that sin. And then Jesus tells this parable, which is Jesus at um, one of his funny times. We don't ever think about Jesus being funny, but Jesus right now is being uh, a little funny. He says, and serious simultaneously, as he always is, a man had a fig tree planted at a vineyard. Anytime you hear fig tree, this means Israel, just in case you're wondering. This is the Israel. This is God's chosen people. A man had a fig tree, planted in a vineyard, and he looked for fruit and didn't find it. So he said to the vine dresser, for three years, that is, for a good long time, I've been coming looking for fruit, and I can't find any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And the vine dresser answers, Sir, let alone this year also, until I dig around it, throw some manure on it. That's the funny part. There'd be chuckles from the crowd at this point. 
Thank you. <laughs> then, if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. That is, Jesus, the, the time of grace is being extended. But it's only being extended a little while. You need to repent. You've had John's season of baptism. You've had all the prophets. You've had Moses. You've had the law. You've had you seeing the works that, are, that I'm doing now. You're hearing all the things that I'm saying. The time of grace is being extended a little bit. But sooner or later, you need to come. You need to bear fruit. The time is short. And this is, and this is what Paul is saying to the Corinthians today as well. He's saying, I mean, really, we started, we're starting in, in chapter 10, but the whole, the whole thought process goes back several chapters. So we're not, we're not really going to do this passage any sort of, any sort of righteousness. But, but basically, what Paul has been saying is the Christian life, means sacrifice. Worship is sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. Over and over again, Paul is sort of is talking about um, rules and, and then not really rules anymore, a little bit. And he's going back and forth with this saying, you know, right, all food has been declared clean, but if, you, if you're causing your brother to stumble, then just, you know, just refrain, right? You need to be, you need to sacrifice. If it's going to make, if somebody else is struggling in their, in their walk with God, then, then rather than be like, well, I don't have to give up anything for Lent, you know, or something like that. You know, that you don't, you know, be, be gracious. Be loving. And this is, and Paul says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? This is in chapter 9. Have I not seen Jesus, our Lord? Are you not my workmanship in the Lord? Yes, we have a right to eat and drink. Who plants the vineyard without eating any of its fruit or tends the flock without getting some of the milk? You know, so Paul's saying all these things about, about living into the Christian life. And, and, and sacrificing, saying, I, you know, I have more rights than all the rest of you combined if I want to do things, but I don't. For you. And it, which is where we get to today's passage where he just says, which always means like for, or because, or therefore, which always means you need to know what happened before that. Therefore, you know, we're all under this cloud. You've seen the works of God. And, and he's reminding are reminding them in this passage what happened in Israel. The people, the Israelites, as they were delivered from the hand of Pharaoh and led through the wilderness, got to see the work of God firsthand. They got to eat from, from the manna that fell from heaven. They got to drink from the rock. They got, you know, all these things, and yet they continued to mur mumble, murmur, reject God practice Baal worship, all these other things, and it, and it, and it resulted in these, in these um, you know, devastating punishments, as, as we can see. But it's, but it's really like, uh, the point is, you know, you who have experienced the work of God, 
More is, is required. More is expected. You need, you need to love, to sacrifice. I, I always think of uh, when, when, we, when we talk about worship, especially music in worship, is, which often comes up in, in various congregations, not so much in this congregation, but in various congregations, uh, the type of music that you play, you know, battle lines are almost drawn um, between what, whether we're going to have this or this or this or this or this. And, you know, and, and I always say, you know, worship is sacrifice. We sing songs in church that I don't like because Anthony does. Right? Not to pick on Anthony, but he does, right? I mean, we, 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 sing, we sing songs in church because it gives other people joy. I don't always like everything. You don't always like everything. But when you look across the aisle and you see somebody raising up their hands, you say, this is what worship is. And this is what Paul is saying. And so this is one of the reasons that I'm, that I'm spending a little bit of time on this is because this passage ended with that, that horrible passage that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he'll provide the way of escape to endure it, which is usually God won't give you more than you can handle. Put that on a sampler, put it on your wall, which is not what this passage is saying. It's saying over and over and over again, those who experience Christian life and faith will be led into it. You don't need to worry about worshiping to idols. You don't need to worry about whether or not these things that you used to do in your former life are okay. You don't need to worry about um, how, how, you know, yes, you have, you have, um, you have rights to eat food that's sacrificed to idol. That's not gonna. That's not gonna hurt you. Yes, you have a right to live this way. It's not gonna hurt you. But, to, but you're part of a community now, a community based in love and grace and joy and strength through Jesus Christ. And as we keep going through the, the Corinthians, and we've already done it a little bit before, right? It's, it's, you have all these gifts, good for you. Do you have love? Do you have love? And that's where Paul's going. We sort of pick these things up in the middle of, of a letter. Do you have love? So it's not, oh, you know, it's okay that all these horrible things are happening to you. God doesn't give you more than you can handle. That's not what that's passage plucked out of nowhere. It's, you're part of a community. You'll be, you'll be good, sacrifice, live. Yes, you'll be, yes, there's things that are going to tempt you, try you. They're going to tempt and try all of us. But we live in community with one another. Which brings us sort of to Moses. And we've heard this story a hundred times, maybe more. The call of Moses, where Moses sees the bush. 
But the point I think that wraps in for these passages for us is, is simply, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Because I think this is, this is what we struggle with, most of us, more than anything. God has, has called you. God has called us. God has called St. Jude's to sacrifice, to live, to love, to serve. And we can easily just say, who am I? I don't know that much. My prayer life isn't as good as it should be, and I don't know the Bible as well. And on and on and on, we list, we list all the reasons. Who am I? And the answer always comes back to God, who doesn't reprove Moses for saying this, right? He doesn't rebuke him. He just says, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. It isn't about you. It isn't about me. It's about God. This is what Jesus is saying too. It's not about you. It's not about Pilate. It's not about Rome. It's about God. Are you in right relationship with God? It's not about you, what you can eat what you can drink, how you can worship. It's about God. God is with you. God is with me. He's with us. Knowing that, we can do amazing things. Do remarkable things. As we worship, as we pray, as we serve, as we go out, God is with us. And God is the one who will transform, redeem, and bless. Amen. Amen. Amen.